Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Catherine Best Gordon, the host of the Sugar Freedom Show. Today's episode is How to Lose a Lot of Weight and Keep It Off Without Hunger and Cravings. So I'm restarting my show back when I was struggling with overweight and obesity from age 8 to age 44. All I wanted was somebody to tell me exactly what they had eaten and what they had done to lose a lot of weight and to keep it off for good, especially if they were over 40 years old. And I did that back in between 2008 and 2009. I completed a weight loss of over 70 pounds. Here's what had happened when I had I had struggled with my weight for years and years, and we'll kind of talk about, about that in another episode. But when I got pregnant with my son, everything really went haywire. I acquired a strong case of glucose intolerance, had swelling, insulin resistance, gained an enormous amount of weight, a really unusual amount of weight even for pregnancy. So I was five foot one and I went from like 122 to like up over 200 pounds. I actually, I gained so much, I actually stopped looking at the scale. I would just like close my eyes, which was really foolish, but absolutely nutso weight gain. And then after I had my son, I just assumed that I would breastfeed and I would go back to the gym and the weight would come off. And it simply did not. All I really lost in that first year after I, after I, after I had my son was like I had gone way up over 200. By the time I got home and got back in the gym, I was at 185. And then over the course of that year, I only lost about maybe 20 pounds. And even then, I would yo-yo up and down. And so I was still clinically obese because at the, at the height of five foot one, over you know, overweight is over 133, and then uh, obesity comes in at around 160. So what happened was I had to completely change the way I ate and the way I trained, and I couldn't figure out how to do that until I did a program in 2008 called Turbulence Training. Interestingly enough, that program still exists. You can still get it on uh, ClickBank, and you can still get on the program, but it's no longer really being promoted by the creator, Craig Ballantyne, because he actually moved on into the personal development and the business development space, which is very understandable because I also had a fitness studio between 2012 and 2016, and things went really, really well. But then this, the fitness space got super, super crowded, was no longer really able to charge enough in order to – like, actually, I had an accountant come in, and we figured out what I was actually making. And I was actually – I was working incredibly hard at the business, and I was making about $15 an hour. And I said, okay, this is not working. We went ahead and closed the business, got our deposits back, and I actually went back, and I worked three now. My husband is uh, a public school teacher. My son is now 20 years old and he's you know, going to school and he's working as well. And one of the reasons I decided to restart the podcast is at work, people are asking me where I get all of my energy and enthusiasm. And a lot of my coworkers talk a great deal in the break room about how tired they are, wanting to get more energy, wanting to lose weight. And the thing is, is that these kinds of conversations that I'm having with you over the phone and over the internet are really not appropriate at work. And one of the reasons that I started the podcast years ago is because I didn't want to sit around haranguing people. And certainly my, my close friends and family were getting pretty sick 
about hearing all the time about, you know, the, the poison and the dangers of sugar. So the solution is to have a podcast so I can share these ideas and these concepts and my experiences with the people who really want them in an appropriate setting. Because the break room at work where there's, you know, all kinds of snacks and, you know, you've got, you know, the soda machine and everything like that. And actually one of the biggest rewards that we get in when we're at work, you know, for good performances, very often those rewards are things like candy and chocolate and ice cream and pizza and sandwiches and it's really interesting to see how management motivates us with food and how it's often the kinds of foods that actually led to my weight gain and my obesity. So here I am on Blog Talk Radio, on the Sugar Freedom Show, talking to you about ways to live in a world that's going to reward you with, with sugar and grains and processed vegetable oils and seed oils all of the time, how to navigate that so you can be happy and healthy and productive and, you know, have the energy that you want. Number one, what I followed and what I developed and what I still follow to this very day is a whole food ketogenic diet. The ketogenic diet is incredibly popular these days. And actually, where I work, we, um, we sell clothing and housewares and all kinds of lovely things. But we also do, you know, snacks and gourmet foods and things like that. And we're starting to see lots of ketogenic snack foods. Um, there's keto cookies. There's keto pancake mixes. And unfortunately, I've tried to use these before, and they absolutely trigger my hunger, hunger and cravings. We can go all the way back to Atkins, and uh, Robert Atkins passed away a number of years ago. Remember, he slipped and he hit his head, and he has, lift, he has left us now. But back when Atkins was getting really, really popular, they did uh, Atkins Nutritionals, and they started to make a lot of packaged low-carbohydrate foods. And even way back then, and so this would have been, you know, maybe 2005, 2006, I tried to eat those foods, and I found that if, it, if I did whole food Atkins, whole food keto, nothing out of a bag or a box, everything worked really well. Atkins induction worked beautifully for me. If you remember that, that was less than 20 grams of carbohydrate a day, um, no sugar, no grains, and there was actually no fruit on that plan, and you followed that for two weeks, and then you'd add back carbohydrates. But I found that if I tried to add back carbohydrates in packaged ketogenic or Atkins-style food, cravings came right back, overwhelming hunger came right back, and I could not, could not stick to my eating strategy. So when I did turbulence training in 2008 and won a big transformation contest, the first piece of advice on food, because really TT, it gave you the training and it gave you the fitness instructions, but you were to go and find the food plan that worked for you, which I think was part of the brilliance and, and genius of turbulence training, is that Craig understood that he had a plan for how to train, but that people were going to have their individual needs and were going to need to meet their individual needs when it came to eating. So step one, though, that the advice that was given to everyone was nothing out of a bag or a box. And this is old-fashioned, traditional bodybuilder advice that if somebody has put it in a bag or a box, they do it for two reasons, either to get it to sit on the shelf for longer or to get you 
to eat more of it because, and interestingly enough, in general, if something is, is on a shelf and it's in a bag or a box, it's probably been produced by a public corporation, a public food corporation, and their primary motive has to be to maximize profit for their shareholders. So there is this incentive to look at the food that they're producing and saying, instead of how can we get this to nourish and satisfy our customer, the question they have to answer is, how can we get people to consume and buy, buy and consume more of this product? So you have this conflict between healthy food, which is nourishing and satisfying, and you eat a standard serving and you're done, and profit food, which people have to keep coming back and have more and have more. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. My son um, has never had a weight problem, and he, he's still uh, living, living at home, but he's going to college and he's working. He's doing well, and we're very proud of him. But he came in, and he was having his uh, silk almond milk this morning, which is something that I would never eat because I basically I'm keto carnivore. I'm mostly meat-based now, but the only thing I put in my coffee is pure heavy cream, which has one ingredient, which is cream. But if you look, and he said to me, he's like, I don't know, I understand why I love this so much, because he'll drink a glass and then immediately drink another one, sometimes right out of the carton. And if you look at the ingredients, there's vitamins added, you know, the almonds have to be crushed and processed, and there's also eight grams of carbohydrate per serving, per one cup serving. And if you figure out how, how many teaspoons of sugar that is, eight eight grams of carbohydrates equates to two teaspoons of sugar. Because remember, all carbohydrate eventually breaks down into glucose. And it's like, well, of course it's delicious. And there's, there's flavors and there's vitamins and there's things that they add to that product that makes people eager to buy it and makes people like my son say, hey, one cup is not enough. I'm going to drink one cup of this almond milk, and then I'm going to have some more. So that's really the number one thing that you're looking for with any food that you're eating. And it doesn't matter if you're, you're keto or if you're low-carb or carnivore or sugar-free. Any food that you're eating, are you able to simply enjoy it in a standard serving and then move on? And for me, when I started the Sugar Freedom Program, basically all I had to eliminate were sugars, added sugars, grains, seed oils, and vegetable oils. So I could, you know, a number of fruits were still fine for me. All of the vegetables that grow above the ground were fine for me. And, of course, you know, meat, fish, eggs, and all of those. But once I went through menopause, and I'm 57 now, and I went through menopause back at age 53, at that point I really had to tighten up my carbohydrate consumption And I just want you to know that I did go more towards a meat-based, animal-based ketogenic diet, less and less and less carbohydrates, fewer and fewer and fewer things that break down into glucose. So just full disclosure, that is what I'm doing now, kind of a keto carnivore strategy. However, that being said, I have always felt that the best thing to do for someone who wants to lose a lot of weight and keep keep it off is to take it one step at a time. And I am actually going to be talking about um, the next three episodes that are coming up. I have those planned. First is going to be uh, Phil Mickelson's Coffee Fast. He just won the major championship at age 50. Very exciting. And he does do intermittent fasting. And I'm going to talk about uh, the plan that he follows. And then the next episode 
after that is going to be understanding lipolysis. It's going to get a little bit sciencey, but don't worry. I'm going to make it understanding, understanding, understandable concepts that you can grasp. Because if you do understand the science of lipolysis, which is how um, fats break down into free fatty acids and glycerol and how those are used by the body, which lipolysis is this concept of getting your body to run on fat, very important and very helpful when you're making the transition into being a fat burner and helping you get through that transition. And then finally, number three, the life-changing power of building muscle because this is the combination. It's all about finding your food plan, finding your training plan, and then also finding your mindset so that you can continue to do all of the things that keep you happy and healthy and energetic for life. So I just want to leave you with something that Jeff Jeff Bezos talked about at Amazon's latest shareholder meeting. And he had made the suggestion to people that they create more than they consume. And this is something that I want to help you do, but also understanding that one of the things that Amazon has done is what are they creating? Well, they created a system of connecting people with products and a system of delivering it, but it has grown into a company that creates demand. So it's a little bit ironic. Create more than you consume, but what, are, what if you are creating the demand for people to consume? So that is my introduction of the new season. I'm Catherine Best Gordon from SugarFreedom.com, and I'll see you back here soon on Tuesday for the new Sugar Freedom Show. Eat for yourself, be well, and we'll talk next time.